the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A U.S. general warns that America may be two years away from war in China. It sends the wrong message to the Chinese who believe we're not prepared to defend that nation with American soldiers if and when it comes to that. Texas is asking for help from a neighbor to assist them in their border crisis. But now the Republicans have a chance to do something about it, and they're not doing it right now. The IMF says it's still too soon to celebrate reports of a cool-down of inflation. Less bad doesn't quite yet mean good. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, January 31st. I'm Mike Scott. In a memo to staff that was uploaded to social media, U.S. Air Force General Michael Minahan with the Air Mobility Command warns that he believes America may be two years away from a conflict with communist China. The memo reads in part, quote, I hope I am wrong. My gut tells me we will fight in 2025. Xi secured his third term and set his war council in October 2022. Taiwan's presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a reason. United States presidential elections are in 2024 and offer Xi a distracted America. Xi's team, reason, and opportunity are all aligned for 2025. Now, a four-star U.S. Air Force general has warned of a possible conflict with China, most likely over Taiwan. As early as 2025, he urged his commanders to push their units to achieve maximum operational battle readiness this year. An internal memorandum over the issue emerged on social media and was later confirmed as genuine by the Pentagon. In the memorandum, the head of the U.S. Air Mobility Command, General Mike Minihan, said that the goal or the main goal should be to deter and, if required, to defeat China. The statement by the general seems to coincide with a lot of reporting that has come out since the re-election of China's Xi Jinping that suggests that China is strengthening their military muscle in preparation for a potential war. Xi has stated multiple times that reunification between China and Taiwan are of the utmost importance to the communist country. This comes as Japan has announced it would boost its own military spending over the next five years and has agreed to assist the U.S. in curbing China's access to chip-making equipment. Jameer Jaffer, the founder of the National Security Institute, says that he believes General Minahan is right to sound the alarm. Look, I think General Minahan makes a great point. I think that there's a very real risk the Chinese uh, take on Taiwan uh, now at a time when they don't believe the U.S. is ready to defend Taiwan, is interested in defending Taiwan. Um, and frankly, we're just simply not postured uh, to do it if we want to do so. I think the Chinese today 
are not waiting to see what the U.S. might do. I think that they're simply waiting to be prepared uh, to take action so they can crush any opposition in a short amount of time um, and prevent us from getting there, even if we wanted to, which I don't think they believe we do. The National Security Institute founder explains why he believes China isn't deterred by the U.S. when it comes to setting their sights on Taiwan. Well, obviously, we depend on Taiwan for a significant amount of resources, including in particular semiconductor chips. But more importantly, what it signals uh, to the to the world um, is that American allies aren't safe. And it's a real challenge because, you know, you see what's happening in Ukraine. You see the 7,000 uh, civilians dead. The 400 children have been killed. Um, even after the U.S. has poured a tremendous amount of weaponry in, um, you know, we didn't do enough ahead of time to stave off the Russian invasion. We didn't give the Ukrainians the tools that they needed uh, to actually stop this uh, stop this uh, war, win this war six months ago. Now we're putting tanks in. That's a good thing, but it may be a little too late. And so the question becomes in Taiwan, how can we get ahead of that, knowing uh, what General Minahan correctly points out, he's a very real threat to Taiwan, whether that's 2025 or 2028. There's no doubt the Chinese are coming after that island, unfortunately. Jaffer goes on to say that part of the problem is that messaging from the White House about the defense of Taiwan has been inconsistent. President Biden has been very strident in his statements, essentially signaling that the U.S. might put boots on the ground. But as soon as he does that, within minutes, uh, you have folks from the White House come out, including his national security advisor, and say, well, what the president really meant was that we'll supply with the Taiwanese the weapons they need to defend themselves. Those two are very different things. And so there does appear to be either a difference in view for the White House or maybe an intentional attempt at strategic ambiguity. Either way, it sends the wrong message to the Chinese who believe we're not prepared to defend that nation with American soldiers if and when it comes to that. Some foreign policy experts do agree that if China were to strike at Taiwan, they would have a relatively short window to do so. Europe is cutting more energy ties with Russia. Our correspondent in Paris is correspondent Charles de la Desma. A ban on imports of diesel fuel and other products made from crude oil in Russian refineries takes effect on February 5. The goal is to stop feeding Russia's war chest with energy payments. But it's not so simple. Diesel prices have already jumped since the war started on February 24, 2022, and they could rise again. The ban's likely to be accompanied by a price gap, and the uncertainty of how that will work has markets on edge. I'm Charles de la While the nation grapples with the ongoing border crisis, Texas Sheriff Brad Coe has sent out a letter asking neighboring states for help. Even though there has been a reported decline in migrants in some areas near border crossings, the problems with cartels remains at an all-time high. News Nation's Allie Bradley reports that the decline in illegal immigrants crossing the border is typical for this time of year, but the numbers are still high. Another thing that we're keeping an eye on, of course, is that slowdown that we're seeing at the southern border, which is typical this time of year. But that doesn't mean the cartel is slowing down by any means. They are still moving drugs and people into these small border communities. So take a look at these numbers here that we've confirmed from DHS sources, telling us that more than 293,000 people successfully evaded law enforcement since the start of this fiscal year, which just began October 1st. When you break that down, those numbers really staggering there, 2,400 people. 
people a day getting past law enforcement that are undetected here. And that's one thing that agents are really concerned about is despite those numbers going down, we're seeing these really high numbers. And so the focus is kind of dwindling on the border. And that's not the case. Bradley explains that there is a massive manpower shortage at the border, which is what prompted Sheriff Coe to ask for help. Yeah, there wasn't really enough manpower as it was, right? So at this point, it's almost like we have about enough people. However, that's not the case because they still have issues all along the border. We still have issues in Eagle Pass. We are still dealing with issues in Yuma. We are still seeing a massive surge of human and drug smuggling through the Tucson sector. So when you're shifting these agents around, you're kind of just robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're grabbing people from the northern border and bringing them down to the southern border. So right now you're looking at places like Terrell County and Kinney County. This video from Texas DPS out of Kinney County this last week. Another pursuit here that ends in a crash which is happening almost every single day, which is why Sheriff uh, Kinney County Sheriff Brad Coe is asking for outlying counties to assist, to help out. So Galveston County, their constables actually have been helping out in the fight with Operation Lone Star. They have been going down to Kinney County and working for the last 17, 18 months. However, they're going back to Kinney County and Maverick County to express the concerns that they still have, that this issue is still a problem. Sheriff Coe says that he has received some responses in regards to his letter, and they are working on logistics. Meanwhile, cartels are still running, which is why many border cities are nearly at a staggering breaking point with rampant human and drug smuggling. Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, joined the Salem Radio Network and says that... Let's keep in mind, right now, we're still in the worst unmitigated crisis we've seen along our southwest border in our lifetime. And you talked about the drugs, but let's not forget, so far in the first 24 months of this administration, we've seen over 1.2 million gotaways. Those are illegal aliens who evaded apprehension because there's nobody on the front lines because they're busy processing illegal aliens. 1.2 million gotaways. What we know is among them are some bad people. Look, you and I have talked. Not everybody's bad coming across. A lot of them are still breaking the laws, illegal entering. But among those 1.2 million gotaways are murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated mm-hmm. felons. The list goes on, including potential national security threats. How do we know that? Because we know, for example, in the same 24 months, CBP has apprehended over 72,000 criminal illegal aliens, including 120 murderers and thousands of gang members and others that wanted for assault. In addition to that, last fiscal year, as you just mentioned, they apprehended illegal aliens, 98 of which were on the FBI's terror screening database, and then the drugs, of course. Morgan explains why he is behind a bill put forth by Texas Republican Representative Chip Roy, and that gives him some hope. My skepticism with respect to Republicans is gaining. Right now, there's a bill out there called H.R. 29 being pushed by Representative Chip Roy. And it's going to do three things. One, it's going to force this administration to enforce the laws, which they refuse to right now. It's going to apply consequences to those who violate the law. It's going to put integrity back in the system by de-incentivizing illegal immigration and actually ending catch and release. The former acting CBP commissioner says that while he believes Democrat policies are largely to blame for the mess at the border, he says some Republicans are enabling that crisis to continue. The, the overwhelming majority of the crisis is on the hands of, of the Democrats. But now the Republicans have a chance to do something about it. 
And they're not doing it right now. So the Republicans are failing. And remember, when President Trump was in, the Republicans had the White House, the House, and the Senate. And for the first two years, they failed to pass a single piece of meaningful legislation that would have prevented about 85% of what's happening now. So Republicans don't get off scot-free here. Morgan explains the key to eliminating the massive influx of illegal immigration at the southern border. If you end catch and release, you will see the numbers of illegal aliens go down. And right now, rather than go to the floor to, to, to vote on this bill to show America who's actually for border security to save Americans and migrant lives, you've got three Republicans, Gonzalez, Bacon, and Salazar, that are mm-hmm. pushing back and preventing it from going to the floor to vote right now. So as of today, the Republicans now are officially part of the problem rather than the solution. Morgan tells the Salem Radio Network that he doesn't understand why the border has become a partisan issue. I I don't understand how border security has become a right or left issue. I don't understand how border security has been tied to amnesty. I defy anyone to tell me that given amnesty to millions of illegal aliens that that Mm -hmm. have already been in the country for 10 or 20 years, how is that going to effectively secure our border? Those are two separate things. Let's secure our damn border. Right now, the first 24 months, that numbers of illegal aliens on the FBI's terror screening database is well over 140. That, 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 that dwarfs five, six, wow. seven years combined. Wow. DHS has confirmed that nearly 300,000 illegal immigrants have successfully evaded law enforcement, breaking down to about 2,400 gotaways each day. Former Twitter executives are scheduled to testify next month on the company's role in stifling a story about Hunter Biden's laptop in the weeks before the 2020 election. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew has more on this developing story. The former executives will testify before the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Kentucky Republican Congressman James Cormer chairs that panel and says, quote, We're investigating the Biden family for influence peddling. We want to make sure that our national security is not compromised. Maybe there's nothing there. We'll see. Republicans allege Twitter suppressed a New York Post article about the laptop to protect then-candidate Joe Biden ahead of the presidential election. Bob Agner reporting. Don't get too comfortable. That's the new message coming out of the International Monetary Fund this week. The IMF has released a report that suggests while the U.S. and global economies are set to slow down this year, they may have avoided the worst-case scenario. However, the IMF goes on to warn in their report the U.S. economy isn't out of the woods quite yet. Citing steady consumer spending, a strong labor market, and China ending its lockdowns, the report from the IMF says that while the world economy has been more resilient than expected, there are still a number of factors that may cripple economic growth this year. IMF Managing Director Chris Alina Giorgieri says that there is some economic signal that may show there's a light at the end of the tunnel. My message is, um, it is less bad than we feared a couple of months ago. Uh, But less bad doesn't quite yet mean good. Let me start from what has improved and why we have to be cautious. 
What has improved is inflation seems to have started leading in the right direction, in other words, down. Headline inflation uh, in particular. What has improved is the prospect for China to boost growth. Let's remember last year, 22, China registered for the first time in 40 years lower growth rate than the global average. Never happened in four decades. Now, with the reopening of China, we expect growth this year to again exceed global average. The IMF Managing Director explains why no one should be celebrating a recovered economy just yet. Why we should be cautious? Well, first, uh, 2.7, if this is the growth we achieve, by far is not fabulous. This is the third lowest growth rate uh, in the last uh, uh, decades uh, after the uh, global financial crisis and COVID. It's not great. Second, we don't know quite yet how inflation would march downwards. What if the good news of China growing faster translates into oil and gas prices jumping up, putting pressure on inflation? Georgiere is trying to cool any rampant optimism. The horrible war in Ukraine is a risk for primarily the people of Ukraine, but it is also a tremendous risk for confidence, especially in Europe. So conclusion, be uh, careful not to get on the other side of the spectrum from being too pessimistic to being too optimistic. Stay in the middle of realism that seems to serve the world well. The supply chain getting back to normal is another factor in the IMF report that has prompted them to ease off on their dire predictions for this year in the global economy. According to the IMF, the global economy is forecast to slow to a 2.9% rate of growth in 2023 from 3.4% in the prior year and, they hope, will reaccelerate in 2024. As far as the U.S. is concerned, it is expected that the American economy will slow to 1.4% in 2023, down from an estimated 2% in 2022. Still, the biggest danger to the world economy remains high inflation. The IMF says that if inflation doesn't return to pre-COVID levels soon, Central banks could be forced to keep interest levels high and further depress the world economy. Even more workers are being laid off around the country and around the world. Daybreak Insider's Rita Foley joins us with a look at the declining jobs numbers. Philips, which makes consumer electronics and medical equipment, is cutting another 6,000 jobs worldwide after announcing in October that it would reduce its staff by 4,000. 
Philips is headquartered in Amsterdam. It's been reeling from a worldwide recall of sleep apnea machines and economic headwinds, including COVID-related issues in China and the war in Ukraine. CEO Roy Jacobs said 2022 was a very difficult year for Philips. The company reported a net loss of $1.7 billion in 2022. I'm Rita Foley. Hockey Hall of Famer and Chicago Blackhawk Bobby Hull has died. More now on the legendary hockey players passing from our Daybreak Insider, Mike Hempen. He was known as the Golden Jet, a two-time NHL MVP and three-time scoring champion who helped the Chicago Blackhawks win the 1961 Stanley Cup. Hall played for Chicago for 15 seasons before signing hockey's first $1 million contract with Winnipeg in 1972. His son, Brett Hull, said in a 2001 interview, doesn't matter uh, about salary or anything else. Uh, if you're not going to be happy where you are, uh, then you're not going to be successful. Hull was one of the most prolific forwards in NHL history, scoring 610 goals during his 16-year career. I'm Mike Hempen. And finally, it was a McMorrill conundrum. Indiana resident Josiah Vargas went to his local Mickey D's for breakfast and, in addition to his morning McMuffin, received a bag full of thousands of dollars in cash. I just went to McDonald's, and they handed me my sausage McMuffin and this bag. Well, what's in this bag? Just a couple thousand dollars here. Vargas filmed his dilemma on TikTok and admits he was tempted to keep it. Why would you guys do this to me? You know how bad I want this money? Why put me in this situation? However, Vargas says that he's a good person and that he wouldn't have felt right if he had kept it. He filmed himself going back into the McDonald's, where he is seen on video giving the money back. Are you guys laundering money on you? No. What the? This was a just pound. Oh, oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, my God. You are a blessing from God. Oh, my God. I really want to give you a hug. Oh, oh my God. Later, Vargas uh, interviewed with a local news reporter and said it was all just a simple mistake. They just said it was an accident, and I'm just guessing the person who did it was really tired. For their part, the McDonald's employees were overjoyed by Vargas's decision to return the money and since rewarded him with $200 and a full month of free McDonald's meals. Do good, people. Return $5,000, get $200, and free McDonald's for a month. Good, good trade value. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.